Madame et Monsieur, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles McDonald, brought to you in association with Force Magazine on World Radio Paris. Dr. Dutta, good afternoon and thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Good afternoon, Charles. It is a pleasure to be always talking to you and try to do what you ask me to do. Thank you. Dr. Dutta, I recently read in your press that you have attended um, certain events within the cosmetics industry in Paris. Well, uh, over the last few years, IMCAS has gradually grown into the largest cosmetic surgery conference in the whole of Europe. And in fact, it is now spreading into India, uh, Middle East, and also the Far East. Um, I attended IMCAS a few times in the last uh, probably a decade or so, and there is always you learn something new, either in the cosmetic medical field or even the surgical field. And it's about the networking, the understanding what other people are doing, and of course learning from each other. IMCAS and Paris is absolutely a beautiful place for me. That's very good to hear. Now, Dr. Dutta, your clinics specialise in all types of cosmetic and aesthetic surgery, especially non-invasive and invasive techniques. Could you please describe the difference between these and why non-invasive is so popular, especially for the millennial market? Well, cosmetic surgery or aesthetic surgery has been getting progressively more and more popular over the last couple of decades. It started with liposuction, body contouring, then came the fillers. Then, of course, now botulinum toxin or Botox is probably the most used product in this field. Um, more and more people, I find, are asking for shorter downtime. They want to go back to their social life as quickly as possible. And the other thing that I find as well is people are coming when they're very young. Younger people are coming for prevention so that when they are needing these treatments, they're not as old-looking as they were before. So prevention is better than cure. We know that in medicine, as in uh, general medicine or surgery, um, but people are using the same principle in cosmetic medicine and surgery by doing these things at an earlier stage, the millimeter invasive ones where they can get back, get back to work, get on with their social life, and have the aging process delayed in a way. Okay, so this is maybe, you could say, prevention is better than cure at some point? Absolutely. That's what the millenniums are asking for. Okay. Dr. Dutta, with regards to non-invasive treatments for the face, what the media suggests, facial, not reconstruction, but facial surgery, especially for the fashion or the photographic industry, can be split into several different sections for the face. Now, I've got no doubt that the body has even more, but this is a story perhaps we can come back to another time. Could you please describe for me the, the main outlines for this type of facial surgery and tell me a little bit more about each one? Probably the facial mapping, which is usually used for non-surgical techniques and dermatological procedures, is 
nothing to do with surgery. It's a condition of the skin and various parameters are applied to it. How hydrated or dehydrated the skin is, how much of UV damage is there, how much of number of pores, oiliness of the skin, and even they will count, there are certain cameras available, they will count the number of wrinkles in certain areas and give you a score. The best one I can talk about is probably the Vizia skin analysis system. It takes a picture and will predict how you may look in the next three to four years' time and compared to your chronological age, that means how old you are, it will also give you a feeling about how your face is doing at present. If you talk about surgery, the surgery has traditionally been divided into areas of the face. What I mean by that is upper third of the face, mid third of the face, and even the lower face or the lower third of the face. And as you can see, in the upper third of the face, you have got the eyebrows, the brow lift, the hairline lift, and even the upper and lower blepharoplasty. If you look at the mid third of the face, you can look at the non-surgical and the surgical, say chin augmentation, you can do the improvement in the nasolabial fold with fat transfer and of course the mid facelift. Then if you go even to the lower third of the face you can do face and neck lift, you can do chin augmentation or even in some people when the chin is quite prominent you can think about surgical genioplasty and various other surgical and non-surgical things like skin tightening with radio frequency, skin resurfacing with laser and other treatments can be added to the program to help the patient achieve what they set out to. I keep seeing quite a lot in the media, especially in Paris, uh, within the the cosmetic and aesthetic medicine field, and it's been reputed, it's not been confirmed, that Kendall Jenner has recently undertaken the liquid facelift. Now, I think this may involve fillers. Could you clarify what this involves and how it's carried out? Liquid facelift, the concept originally came from a treatment called Sculpra. Sculpra is P-L-L-A, or the other name for it is polylactic acid. L, the second L is for the levo. It's a chemical term. Levo is a uh, reverse version of the chemical. It is injected into the skin after dilution with uh, normal saline or plain sterile water, and you add a bit of local anesthetic to it to make the injections less painful. This chemical, other name for it, is called biostimulator. They stimulate the body's fibroblasts and the tissues to produce more collagen and in turn further fresh tissue. So when you can apply it in certain areas like the temples, like the mid-face, in the nasolabial folds, even in the general uh, volume loss areas of the skin, as in the cheeks, you get an overall improvement. And if you repeat that two or three times every four to six weeks, that's the standard protocol, you do get an overall lifting stroke filling of the face, which gives you the term liquid facelift. It is not a surgical facelift. It's a liquid facelift as a non-surgical volumization of the face. Um, One of the second procedures that appears to be gaining popularity as well, and it's thanks to designers like Chanel and Gucci, whereby the hair is scraped back and put into a ponytail, is hairline laser. It's basically to define and tidy up the hairline, both for ethnic minorities and also for models who want a cleaner, more sharper profile. Could you speak a little bit more about this? When you talk about models, you will see that with the hair industry branching off into various 
um, areas, you'll see male models are also getting involved. It's not just uh, uh, restricted to female models. You'll see males quite often will come for eyebrow shaping. They will have their top border of the beard shaping. And of course, if for ladies, when they have a hairline, you can shape it into a sharper, much more balanced view. That is what you're looking for to give the face a sharper profile and sometimes a better proportion. And is it fair to say that this um, hair laser depilation, um, this is permanent and it's not reversible? In the good old days when laser started getting popular, we always promoted it as permanent hair removal, that is with laser. But actually, that's not strictly true. We know that some of the hairs we can destroy permanently, but by and large, some of the hairs will come back over a period of time. Okay, now you mentioned several minutes ago about the face being split into different thirds or different levels. Brow lifting apparently appears to be quite popular within the fashion industry. Again, with regards to models such as Kendall Jenner, the brow lift um, appears to enhance and define the brow section of the face and the forehead. How is this undertaken? The, there are two types of brow lift. One is the chemical brow lift, which is done by botulinum toxin, and the other one is the surgical brow lift. With the botulinum toxin, what we do is we weaken the muscles in the center of the forehead, which is between the eyebrows, and also weaken the corner muscles, which is just below the edge of the eyebrow, and you get a very mild lifting effect, which is called the chemical brow lift. And then you have the surgical brow lift, where you uh, make two incisions, sometimes three, behind the hairline, so these scars are not visible. Then you dissect the forehead and lift it up. And you can either use a endothine, which is like a uh, dissolving uh, suture-like material, which you can then plug it into the skull and lift the uh, sort of uh, brow up and hold it there in place. Or you can do it surgically, as in cutting some of the skin out and lifting the brow, which is probably not as popular as it used to be. Okay, thank you. Now, with regards to skin tightening, there's every week there appears to be a new technique, a new procedure, a new product. With regards to aesthetic and cosmetic medicine, what would you recommend as being the most effective and fastest form of skin tightening? I think the most important thing to consider in these areas is prevention. Because sun damage, patients looking after their own skin, as in hydration, toning the skin, cleansing the skin. They are the things that you need to look out for and also long-term UV prevention or protection. However, when you look at the patients looking for skin tightening, you can do ablative, that means when you burn the skin with a laser, or non-ablative. Non-ablative considers, um, you can consider chemical peel, you can do lasers, or IPL, and for the ablative ones, you go for the uh, CO2 lasers or even the erbium YAG lasers, which resurfaces the skin and helps the skin grow a new healthy layer. With regards to cheek augmentation, cheek fillers are quite a big business and they've been heavily used on the red carpets of Hollywood. Could you speak a little bit more about the options that models and industry professionals alike have with regards to cheek filling and augmentation? 
Well, if you can imagine, cheek being the center third of the face, um, when we lose the volume in the center of the face, it does look quite deflated and it lacks lacks skin and the lines that are visible. You can, to some extent, reverse it by filling the cheek up. Now, in the last probably five years, we have seen overfilling of the cheeks, which is also something we need to address. As doctors, we need to look at proportion, we need to get balance. And when we are talking about cheek augmentation, my view is you need to explain to the patient that stepwise, you do a little bit, see how the patient feels about it. If that is the right way forward, do a little bit more rather than put everything in in one go. You can do it with fat, patient's autologous fat. That means you liposuck about 10, 15, 20 mils of fat and you can put it in the cheek. That usually, if it lives or if it survives, will stay for a long, long time. On the other hand, you can also use fillers. Okay. With regards to longevity, when you say it can last a long time, is this weeks, months, years? Perfectly, uh, to be perfectly honest, there's no way you, anybody can guarantee the longevity of the fat. But once it su- survives, it should be there for at least five to ten years. Okay. Now, the, the next one is quite dramatic. And I've heard obviously through the social media and through advertising, it can literally transform a person's confidence and face. Many models are looking for perfect with symmetrical noses and a perfect profile. With regards to rhinoplasty, what advice or what tips could you give for any model thinking about undergoing this treatment? Rhinoplasty is a surgical procedure, but also you can get the non-surgical or the medical rhinoplasty, which is performed with um, fillers and can also be done with uh, Botox. My advice to patients is they need to see how much change they need to make. If it is something superficial... You can do it with medical rhinoplasty. If it is something dramatic like a hump nose or even flaring of the nose where the proportions of the nose are so much different, then you have no other option but to undergo surgery as in rhinoplasty where the bone, the cartilage and even the shape of the nose can be taken into account and altered accordingly. To the, Of course, we have to balance it to the patient's face. Now, moving down to the, as if it were, the, the bottom third of the face, uh, it seems to be in every single magazine and every single post on Instagram, there's a reference to lip filler. Now, I'm aware that lip filler can be administered as an injectable and as an implant. Could you talk about the difference between these two and also the importance about having proportioned lips within your face? Well, lips, like any structures on the face, will have a certain measure, which is absolutely balanced to the face. Uh, In Caucasian face, the lips are usually slightly finer, but you have got more shape, as in you've got the cupid's bow, the arch of the lip, or even the curvature of the lower lip. We need to, as doctors, understand the proportion and volume. Over and over again, we have seen people come out and have such a big lip that it doesn't look natural. As a clinic, as a doctor, I would implore on the patients to understand the balance of the volume. But in spite of that, you know that their needs are such. There's peer pressure there. They have looked into the magazine and they want lips like a celebrity of your choice. And then you have to understand, do we do the treatment? Or do we advise the patient to go somewhere else? Quite often, if, the, if I understand that the patient is asking for something which is completely unnatural, 
it is our responsibility to dissuade the patient and say that we won't do it. However, if you decide to do it, there are two ways you can do it. One is fillers. You can fill it with dermal fillers, like the ones that are available. Or you can even do it with fat, fat transfer, that is autologous fat. But he also highlighted one fact, this is a permalip, which is a silicon implant to the face. It is an American product and it is getting more and more popular. But once it's inserted, it will be there for 15, 20, 30 years and does give a better volume and shape to the face if you can do it properly. Okay. Last but not least, as they say, uh, moving down genioplasty, what could you tell us about this with regards to facial balancing and aesthetics for the model industry? Genioplasty means shaping of the chin. Shaping of the chin, again, can be done with non-surgical or surgical methods. However, primarily chin augmentation in this modern day and age, the non-surgical elements are riding very, very high. If somebody wants a permanent cure, as in balance the face, take the shape of the chin into account, then surgery is the only option whereby we can either reduce the chin or even we can progress the chin by cutting into the sides and giving uh, the chin a balance and proportion. Okay. Now, with each and every person within the fashion industry and within the celebrity industry also indeed undergoing cosmetic surgery, which would you say was the most popular procedure of the ones we've just spoken about? Um, I think lip fillers and botulinum toxin to the face are the leaders in the market uh, by virtue of the fact that more and more patients are asking for it. But from a surgical point of view, possibly blepharoplasty, which is upper and lower eye lift, and face and neck lift are getting very, very popular. Um, could you give an example of a celebrity of whom you feel has achieved an excellent undertaking of cosmetic surgery within the industry? Maybe a male and a female example. Um, from a male point of view, I can talk you through two people that I think has achieved uh, reasonably good results, probably exceptional results, if I'm absolutely honest. But more than that, uh, they have done a fair amount to the uh, industry. One of them has got a fantastic result and the other one probably needs a bit further to go. The female uh, celebrity I'll choose is Kim Kardashian because whatever we talk about her good, bad, disproportionate or proportion, she has done a huge amount of giving a boost to the industry where everybody's coming for, I want Kim Kardashian's body, I want Kim Kardashian's buttocks. So if for anything else, I think she has given a huge positive boost to the industry. And the other male person I would talk about is possibly uh, Rooney, our uh, English football captain and retired now. But he had a hair transplant a few years ago and subsequently had one or two more, I'm told. Um, but once he had the hair transplant surgery, although it wasn't as successful as you'd see in most of the other people, but it gave us a huge boost. The number of inquiries on hair transplant increased by about 300% after Rooney had his hair transplant. Last but not least, with regards to cosmetic medicine and aesthetic medicine, what should we look out for within the city in 2019 with regards to strong trends? St 
strong trends. We are moving away from the face as well here. I'm talking about the general trends here. Uh, Vaser body contouring is getting really popular. About 50% of my surgical work is Vaser. And uh, the other one that is coming up but hasn't been uh, as popular in the UK is we talked about the liquid facelift, but the same chemical, which is Sculptra, is now being used for buttock uh, augmentation. Now, it's very, very expensive, but that's the trend. And uh, you asked me to talk about trends, and that's what I'm seeing. Dr. Dutta, thank you very much for your time. Charles, it has been an absolute pleasure, as usual, to see you and speak to you. Coming up on the next Fashion Mode show, I'll be giving a full critique into the most recent ready-to-wear runway shows that took place in both Paris and the international circuit, thanks to the current instalment of the Fashion Weeks for Autumn-Winter 2019 that took place across the four main fashion capitals. You can keep up to date with all the fashion news, reviews and interviews by visiting our official online site at forcemagazine.com and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on. (music) 